This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Felder Rushing, Mark Patrick, how are you this morning, sir? I am as fine as a chicken on a June bug. <laughs> you, uh, you're from the Ozarks originally, right? Correct. Okay, that would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. So uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour or so. So I hope we get some calls. We've got the lines wide open. Don't have any computers in here, so I can't tell if anybody's on the, you know, on the phone or not. But uh, Henri and Will back there, they'll work it out. They'll work it out somehow. I didn't even look at that. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, we're going to be um, – a lot of stuff going on right now. Mark, State Fair. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, you know, the, the uh, corn on a stick, $5, but it is the best. And still got the free biscuits. You know, I, did, I didn't realize Java wasn't going to be here this morning. And when you asked me, how are you, I was going to say I'm fickle. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's <laughs> fickle, fickle work. Um, it, it woke up this morning, had the windows open because nice and cool last night, and it, I heard some rain. Yeah. Okay, well. but this is not what I call gardener's rain. No. This is people who wish yeah. they had a hat rain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, it, when it's not wet under your truck, it ain't raining. <laughs> but that's okay. I noticed a dry spot under a banana. When I was walking the dogs this morning, I'm like, okay, it didn't rain. <laughs> no, no, no. But if you're the kind of person you have to clean their glasses, right. I guess this is counters rain. But well, we'll take whatever we get, except if the sun comes out. Now, Abram, when the sun comes out, this stuff turns into humidity so thick you can lick it. Oh, yeah. Lick, yeah. Lickable humidity. That's what I'm calling this. Yeah. I, I'm, I haven't heard it phrased like that before, but yeah, I, I fully know what you mean. All righty. Well, listen, let's jump right in. We're here to talk with folks about gardening, and we got Bill from Neshoba County talking about walking onions. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Uh, okay. Uh, I ordered some uh, walking onions, uh, just a few, a half a dozen, and uh, planted them right away, and uh, that was the beginning of the heat wave. Yeah. And uh, so you planted them back in June. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he started the heat wave, right? Yeah. So, so what are they doing, Bill? What are they, how are they doing? Well, two of them died, and now the rest of them are starting to put out some green. And I'm wondering, should I leave them in the ground all over the winter, or? Pick them at some point, or okay. Mark, Mark's nodding. Take it away, Mark. Absolutely. Where I'm from, we call them multiplying onions, and we normally would plant them in a group, like a bunch, and then yeah. they kind of. Yeah, there's walking iris. There's walking onions. There's also all. an Egyptian walking onion that has right, what right. they call proliferation up at the top, where the right. flowers are, and they fall over and they root like that. Right. That's the one. That's okay. The one. That's pretty. That's an that's an early. These plants grow better over the winter, Bill, than over the summertime. Okay, so 
So just leave them in the ground. And yeah, absolutely. Don't don't pull them up unless you want to eat them. That's yep. the only reason you would pull them up. Yeah, yeah this okay. is a, well, we, we typically plant onions in the fall or the winter, not in the spring or summer. Uh-huh. So you're in good shape. Okay. All right. Oh, well, thanks for calling. Oh, oh, I want to ask you this: Why did you order them? What's up with it? What what caught your attention? Oh well, uh, typically I have not had luck with onions, uh, and you know, like this year, uh, I tried uh, bunching onions in the spring, and those worked out uh, pretty good. Uh, so I tried. Well, heck, I've been looking at the Egyptian walking onions for a while. Why don't I try those? And I found a, a place on uh, the web that sold them. And okay. Well, the, 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 the key to onions, we plant onion seeds in the fall or tiny little bulbs uh, in the fall, but usually people plant their onions in, like, February. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll give you some clue. Okay. So, all righty, Bill. Appreciate, you. appreciate your call. Thanks. I bet the walking part is what caught his eye. You know, it's kind of yeah, catchy, yeah. walking. Yeah. You, you know, when, when, like daylilies will make little little plants up of the thing. It's called proliferation, and they yeah. flop over, and they root, and they walk around like that. Let's go up to the Delta to uh, to Belzona, and we got a guy named Mark. Mark? Meet Mark. Yes. What's up? <laughs> hey, actually, my question is to Mark. Uh, he was saying something a couple of weeks ago. He started a couple of weeks ago about him having – some centipede seeds he wants to get rid of? <laughs> yeah, it was centipede sod. <laughs> if you've ever oh, priced oh, centipede oh, seed, oh, you wouldn't want to do that, probably. it's Yeah, I've, I've tried it. I don't know what's going on. I, I tell you what. In my yard, I, I don't know what's going on. Mark, if you, if you put centipede seed out on the ground and water it every day, wet it down every day, at the very minimum, it takes three weeks just to sprout. Yeah. So you got to wet it down, uh-huh. not not water it, but just wet the seeds down because they're rattling yeah. around on top of the ground. Yeah. And if you can't do that for at least three weeks, you know they just not going to sprout. No, that, that's not the issue. I had the centipede. I had a good stand. I had it been up for maybe three years. It just the last year something happened. I don't know what happened. I guess it was a cold weather or something. It just killed my centipede. All of it just went away just about. Yeah. I got weeds in my yard now. Well, there's a couple of things. There, there is a. I really don't like it when scientists come up with a term like this, but there's a disease called take all <laughs> because it takes it all. And it's a fungus disease. It's actually a combination of things mowing too close, too much or not enough fertilizer, bad weather, you know, things like that. Army worms. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but they anyway. Love centipede. Yeah, and anything that weakens a centipede makes it more susceptible to the next problem. Sort of sets it up like a one two punch. And, um, you know, if you're not sure about this, you know, the county extension agent there in, in Humphreys County can come by and take a look at it. Yeah, okay. All right, good enough, then. All right, okay. Good luck on it. I, I, you know, and by the way, too late this year. We need to wait till April when the when the when the ground warms up. You know, we feel good in March, but the ground doesn't. So let's wait till the ground warms up in in April before we put any more cedar sod out. All righty. Yes. All right. Okay, Thank man. Hang in there. And by the way, we got a whole bunch of events coming up. And uh, not a whole bunch, but I want to thank you, Mark, for setting me up with Garden Works. You're the what's your title there? 
Uh, Everybody, manager, co-manager, yeah. general manager. Uh, yeah, Martin's Garden Works. It's one of the you know, it's a, it's a cool place. You grow stuff, and you people see what it looks like. But anyway, I backed my pickup truck up to to your your shade house where you have all your bedding plants. Just backed it up, and you landscaped around it with shrubs and vines and perennials and all. And I mean, it just felt like a little bouquet. You know, <laughs> my, my truck was like a brooch in a little little landscape, and people brought up their chairs and sat around, and we just chatted. That's kind of what we do up there, oh, you know. Yeah. It was a, a pop-up garden talk. We had a good time. I made a joke, you know, I called the, my some of my coworkers minions, uh-huh. and I said they'll clean it up. No. They did. They did? By the time we closed, you couldn't even tell we'd been there. Well, it was I, amazing. I backed my truck up, and, you know, my truck's got a garden in it, but I thought that was neat. But all of a sudden, my truck was like a little brooch in the middle of a garden. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go up to Oxford. Cynthia, thank you for holding. How are you today? Doing well, Felder. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so I've been growing those uh, Egyptian walking onions for quite a while, and my my experience is that they don't really bulb up real well, but they make really great green onions. Ah, um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And then also the little bulb tips, where it forms a tiny little bulblet on the end of the on the end of the stalks if you leave them long enough are really good for, like, throwing into soup and stuff like that. Almost like little even... little pearl onion type things. Yeah, like little pearl onion things, and you don't even really need to peel them because um, the skins are so soft. So, But they're a really great pass-along plant, you know, because you can take those little bulblets and give them to friends, and they'll start their own. So, so, yeah, and, and they'll follow you to the car, too. <laughs> There, there you go. <laughs> okay, so these aren't really. I, I've only seen pictures of them, but people don't show the whole thing. They just show the little pro, the little bulblet things at the top. So it's more of a bunching type of uh, eat the leaves like greens. Yeah, you know, in the Ozark, in the Ozark Mountains, my grandmother, my dad's mother, she always had multiplying onions so this know. is a mul- basically it's a bigger multiplying onion that makes little bulbless at the tip of the flowers and they flop over and take it from there yeah and it really makes a better green onion than uh, okay it, now, you know, doesn't make a bulb, bulb in the ground well now i was i was extrapolating from what i know about regular onion are these are these sort of <laughs> shut down over the summer or they grow best over the winter and the spring and early summer like like other onions do they do it all in the summertime well, I have in Mississippi have them doing just fine all year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But I have another really quick question. Um, so I've got some rust spots on my fig tree, and I've been being careful to kind of just water the ground, try not to get the leaves wet. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of, I'm a little bit worried about it spreading. Do you think I should just pick off those leaves that have the rust spots? You 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 can, but yeah. I mean, this is sort of part of being a fig in Mississippi. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I, I just not worry about it. I, I suggested to a gentleman yesterday. It was another plant. I don't even remember what, and it was just one that don't look at it right now. Yeah. When it defoliates, clean up under it in case it were to hang out. But odds are, you know, it'll clean up next year yeah. on its own and these leaf spots uh they usually yeah they on figs they usually show up in the late summer fall anyway and it can get pretty rough some years but uh like mark said if you just clean up the leaves in the fall put some fresh mulch on on top to kind of bury any spores might be there and uh, by the way fi- my fig tree i was gone for three months nobody watered. i lost magnolia trees and nandinas my fig never missed a beat this from the mediterranean 
a good deep soaking once a month is plenty for a fig, really. Okay, good to know. All right, well, I will take that advice. Thank you so much. All right, yeah. Don't look so hard. <laughs> yeah, t- 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 uh, <laughs> Abram, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a j- joke at Mark's expense. Take your bifocals off, and you won't see it as much. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you, you just got new bifocals, right? No, I didn't. These. But you're going to have to have bifocals, yeah, right? Yeah, they're on the way. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's well, a superstar glasses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to decide what I'm going to be for Halloween. Yeah, there we go. Hey, let's, let's go on the Gulf Coast and talk to Hugh. Hugh, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, oh, and I want to tell you, uh, Felder, I saw your man Java yesterday down here at the cruise of the coast. The, oh, that's right. He's down at the cruise thing. He's doing a, a live broadcast. Uh, Abram, is he doing a, are they doing a what? Yeah, they're doing a. They did autocorrect yesterday from cruising on the coast, yeah. and they're doing uh, next stop Mississippi in an hour. Wow, from the yeah. coast. Yeah, Java's Java's cool. Java's I, cool. I even brought Java a gift, and he's not here. Oh well. Oh <laughs> yeah. well. I may give it to Abram. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, back to they're Hugh. Living it up. Back to anyway, Hugh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know the gentleman that called earlier about some sod or seeds or whatever. Anyway, I was walking the dog, and it, these people gave me. Uh, several pieces of uh, St. Augustine. Yeah. I have a bare spot. And I thought, well, it's free. I may as well take it and see if I can make it grow. So my thing is... <laughs> that's like, that's <laughs> like somebody giving you a hole in the head. Well, I might as well take... I'll have half a dozen, please. <laughs> well, why not? I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so what you going to do with it? So, I, you know, I had already taken your advice about making a spot where grass doesn't grow, you know, make it a different kind of area, you know, with mulch yeah. and plants and stuff. Yeah. And I have a low spot that channels water around the house there, and it keeps growing this chamber weed stuff. Chamber you know? bitter, yeah. Uh, Mimosa weed. <laughs> Mimosa weed. It, it gets wet, and I pull it and pull it and pull it, and I've got a big bare spot now, so I thought, well, I may as well try the free uh, St. Augustine. So my question is, before I put this in here, is it does the seeds or the roots stay in there even after you pull them? Am yep. I, yep. Do I need to scoop off the top? Nope. Into the topsoil or something? You, you know, you you got to, what you need to do is get you a concrete bunny and put out there because you're stuck <laughs> with, with, with chamber bitter. Oh. I mean, Mark, you know, have, yeah. you, have you had that in your yard yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually saw it wilt. It was so dry. Yeah. No, chamber bitter, yeah. it has zillions oh. of seeds out there. You will always have it. I, I, I'm not trying to be negative. Or cynical, put it but, on top of it and go for the you know. Well, here here's the thing. Here's an oddball thing about Saint Augustine about grass in general. And southern grasses, you don't that sod that you got in a month is going to be gone. A grass plant only lives three or four weeks max. Meanwhile, it reproduces, it replaces itself with new growth. So if you'll go out there and just sort of scuff it into the ground, you know, maybe even scoop a little dirt and set it where it's level with the ground so it's sort of like it's been growing there forever instead of just sitting on top. If you'll water it, hit it with a little fertilizer, the idea is to get new runners to come out, and they will get established before the stuff that you are given dies so we don't yeah. take care of our lawn we help our lawn repro- replace itself so think what how do you want this to look a month from now and that j- just means planting it water it a little bit of fertilizer mow it really really high because it needs energy from the sun and uh yeah. and, and let it start replacing itself need to get on it too because it's getting kind of late for this yeah it's late for this but so don't even bother with the chamber weed or just 
you know, I'm I'm just you know, I'm such a bottle. You know, my my wee scientist friends at Mississippi State, they'll tell you all sorts of stuff you could do. Uh, but I, I know the weed really, really well. You could pull it all you want. You can spray it. You can do it. But there's so many seeds out there. They're just, you know, it's just part of it. you got a little chamber bitter area there. But put some sand oxygen in there. They make nice complimentary plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, Felder. That's a good one. So good luck on it, Hugh. Hey, let us know how it works. This time next spring, you'll know whether it worked or not. All righty. Don't you just, Mark, don't you just, I mean, I'm thinking I don't believe in reincarnation, but I want to come back as chamber bitter. Yeah, right. No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. Okay, well, me and Mark and uh, Abram and all the folks here, Will and Henri, Henri, Ornery? No, ornery. That's why I said no. It's, 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 it's French for Henry. It's like tomato, tomato. Tomato, yeah, ornery. Anyway, a couple of, couple of good guys back there in Will. They're our phone greeters this morning. And I uh, would like to mention there's two big events coming up this weekend. I'm going to be at the Max and Meridian Saturday morning, starting at 9 o'clock. It's uh, like a Critters Festival. And I got a really fun talk about uh, wildlife in the garden and good-looking plants and winter gardening. But I'm going to show some pretty interesting critters that are, that are awfully fun. That's going to be at 9 o'clock at the Max, and they've got a really nice little plant sale. Master Gardens are all right next to that and then there's a garden tour this weekend in my garden for the only time of the year is going to be open for visitors so bring your sense of the absurd uh, me and mark and uh, all the other folks here at mpb we're glad you join us today it's a call-in program but i uh, would like to mention again uh, october 7th saturday at nine o'clock i'm giving a talk at the max which is down by the train station it is an incredible Museum to Mississippi Arts, all kind of artists and musicians, and it's just incredible. Anyway, I'll be there at 9 o'clock, uh, and then there's a Critters Festival going on and also a really good plant sale at the other side of the train station. But this weekend, uh, the little community I live in is called Fondren. It's a kind of an artsy type of little thing. We call it Keep Fondren Funky. And last year, we had a little uh, garden tour of the funky yards. Now, Abram, these are not the garden club. Some are garden club ladies, but these are gardens where people do it themselves. They know mow and grow, blow and cruise and designers. These are funky little little gardens with all sorts of strange stuff. Yeah, I haven't seen any of this. I love Fondren though. Fondren's a great little great little spot. It's a, it's like a little gym. It's sort of like the the um the Austin or the the Asheville of Jackson, I guess. But anyway, uh, it's it's Saturday and Sunday. And if you want information, man, I'm going to give the website. It's real, real easy to remember. But I want to emphasize that my garden is only going to be open on Sunday. The, the, you can go either Saturday or Sunday or both of them if you want to. But my garden is going to be just Sunday, Sunday afternoon, because I'm going to be in Meridian Saturday. If you like details about this, and there's some really, really funky gardens on this tour. Um uh, if you'll go to Fondren Garden Tour, FondrenGardenTour.com, take it from there. Uh, again, I look forward to seeing some of y'all Sunday in my little garden. Is, uh, I've been mulching, and I'm going to you know, take a leaf blower to it, and we'll take it from there. And uh, Mark, might be a chance you'll pop by there. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Okay. And I'll my, be there. And my daughter, Zoe, who's, you know, she's the, the co-administrator of the Mississippi Gardening uh, Facebook thing. She'll be there, too. So, anyway, it's a, some funky, funky stuff that you won't see anywhere else except in Fondren. My garden's on the tour Sunday. Anyway, now, let's go back to the phones. Emily and Brookhaven, are you there? Hey. 
Hey, are you there? Yes. How are you? I'm good. Um, so uh, I wanted to I wanted to give a comment on those walking onions. So those beautiful little purple flowers that look like alum that come up on those walking onions. Um, they they are great to eat. They're edible. And they're great to take and put in your salad or as a garnish on one of your dishes. They taste like a very mild-flavored green onion, um, and they are absolutely delicious. To me, you know, it's society garlic can be mistaken for walking onion or green onion. Or, it could be. Yeah. But, uh, they're uh, all you, the same uh, family. Uh, I mean. uh, you, uh, are you talking about, uh, Emily, the ones that look like chives, round-looking flower things? Um, actually, they're the size of green onions, but they, they put up a stalk um, that, that has a, a small uh, purple flower bulb on them, and that's how the walking onions reseed. Yeah. And so that, that, that flower bulb will eventually uh, turn, uh, go over, and it will, it will reseed into the ground, which is how it becomes walking. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you want to pick off that flower and eat it, it is edible, and it makes a great garnish for salads or dishes. You know, all parts of alliums are edible. Uh, the big elephant garlic, and I've got one right here. Matter of fact, listen to this. <laughs> this thing is almost the size of a golf ball. It's called elephant garlic. It's not really a, a garlic, but it grows. It looks, you eat it like it's like a big mild garlic. And it has a flower in the late spring that's the size of a baseball. And it's edible, but you got to, you know, you probably ought to dip it in some batter and fry it up. <laughs> yeah, fry it. But, uh, right. but but even chives and garlic chives, all the flowers of, of alums are edible. But that's a great tip. Thank you, and, Emily. And they're about the same size as a, a golf ball. So, yeah, have a yeah. good one. All right. Appreciate it, Emily. Thank you. All okay. right. Felder, you got a little foley going on in there. What? Foley. You know the sound effects they make for movies? No, but listen. <laughs> here, here's the elephant garlic. Oh, Ready? No. Here it is. That is a big yeah. – that's, that's just one clove. So anyway, I'm planting my garlic this month. Some people wait till later. Somebody say, well, you put them in the refrigerator? No, you just stick them in the ground in October or November if you don't get around to it. And they grow best over the winter when the leaves die down in the spring. It's time to dig them. But this elephant garlic, I leave it in the ground because it is a gorgeous oh, yeah. flower. Gorgeous flower. Well, um, you know, I use the description of a giant dandelion for a bunch of plants. Yeah. Agapanthus being one of them. You know, they all kind of look the same. I lost my garlic. It fell on the floor. Anyway, let's go. Let's go up to Oxford and talk with Anna. Good morning, Anna. How are you? Hi. How are you? <clears throat> Good. Uh, I, I should uh, tell everybody who does have those garlics: um, if they leave them and they flower, the bees love them. Oh, They're yeah. all over them. This yeah. terrific plant. And uh, I, yeah. I grew. I planted some one time. A group of them for a photo op, a planted by a little hard feature is going to be just a nice little magazine quality picture. And just when they got just almost ready to do it, my uh, 11-year-old son, Ira, took a baseball bat to them. Mm-hmm. And he oh, thought well. he thought it was fun. And I'd planted them, <laughs> I'd planted them six months before for this photo op, and he'd hit everyone with a baseball bat. It was great. Well, uh, who, who, do you, who do you chastise? Yeah, me. <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, I asked him one time uh, on the radio, I said, Ira, when you grow up and have kids, how are you going to get your kids, how are you going to keep your kids from screwing up your yard like you screwed up my yard? He said, I'm going to take them to your yard, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you, a good idea. What, what uh, you got I, going? To, what's up? Well, um, last year in the fall, I put in some winter vegetables. And it was, uh, you know, we had that um, drought and it was very hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I used shade cloth. Okay. And then 
It didn't get gradually cool. It we had a frost. A hard freeze. We had a hard freeze. It wasn't no frost. Yeah, it wasn't a frost. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everything died except one broccoli. <laughs> okay. And I thought to myself, you know, it tried so hard. I'm leaving it there, and I did. And all through the, this last weather and everything else, the the rain and oh, the freeze in the winter and everything else. And then the the, the uh, hot dry, the, the hot dry. Uh, that thing is still alive. Yeah. And now it's creating new fresh leaves. So I thought it would recede, and um, and it seems to be growing now. Uh, is broccoli a perennial or a biennial? It's a it's a sort of a perennial. I have kale that made it through the hard freeze of December, the mild February March, a hard freeze of March, the incredible three months of 104 degrees and no water. Uh, my collars do it fine, but so you know they can live a long time. But they bloom in this. They're what they call long day plants. They set flowers. They bloom in the spring. Correct. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure broccoli is probably perennial somewhere, but yeah. not in Mississippi. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but it, anyway, they, you know, if let's put it this way. It's a perennial if and it don't die first. <laughs> if and yeah, it well, don't die. This one, this one if and didn't die because everything else along there died. See, see, it's in my vegetable garden and, yeah. you know, tomatoes and everything else around there. And I thought, so, well, maybe – Lo and behold, I might get broccoli this year. <laughs> might, might, might. But again, uh, in the springtime, usually the, the members of that, the cold crops, the broccoli yeah, and the yeah. kale, usually they, uh, when the days start getting longer, uh, they start setting flower buds. They bolt. They go to seed. That's, that's how they reproduce themselves with seeds. But anyway, I've, I've got uh, that La Sonata, that blue kale that just is gorgeous. And how it made it through the summer, I don't know. It's a miracle. Well, I, I did water my vegetable garden. I mean, I, yeah. I, I try to keep it alive because I want to. I mean, the beans were bad this year. I yeah. mean, not bad. I think oh. uh, I, I, I plant uh, yeah. rattlesnakes. Yeah, yeah. And, I, we all understand how bad this year was. <laughs> well, it took me like four days to get enough to eat. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, good luck. Uh, let's let's know if you actually make some broccoli. You know, hit it with a little for, little nitrogen fertilizer, not all, just a little bit, just a little bit to jumpstart it. See if it won't go ahead and make a little. But if you do it too much, yeah. you won't get a head. Okay. All right, Anna. Good uh, good to hear from you. Okay. Bye bye, dear. Okay, we got time squeezed another call in. I got a cheesy tune. It's it will irritate you to no end. Thanks for that. <laughs> let's go to Roger and. Florence. Mark, you're from Florence, aren't you? Well, I lived there for a while. Good morning, Roger. Well, good morning. Wonderful show. This is not related to onions or broccoli, but <laughs> I discovered <clears throat> riding along Lakeland Drive, coming from Flowood toward Jackson, Lakeland Drive, past Ridgewood Road, on the, near the corner, there were these yellow fruits lying on the ground, and I couldn't quite see, so I pulled over a quarter mile further at the uh, workers' compensation building <clears throat> and walked back down along the grass. There's a there's actually a sidewalk along Lakeland Drive. Nobody walks it. But I, I do. I yeah. do. People I, do I look, walk I it. look like a homeless person with my long hair and my jeans <laughs> and all like that, but I, I walk I know. I know. I felt homeless. Well, anyway, I had my shorts on, and I'm walking through the grass. They keep the grass mode. Walk down there, and I collected a bag full of not full, several of these uh, horse apples, uh, okay. Bodoc, 
Oh, the, oh, so the, these are these are big though. I mean, they're, they're you can't get your hand oh, around yeah. them. Bumpy looking things, yeah. right? Okay, that's right. Bumpy and a little bit sticky, and uh, but yep. they're great trees, and they don't uh, they grow up where I came from in Octobaha County. But I've grown some down here at Green Hope where I live. Well, anyway, walking back, I realized what I had come to the conclusion on my way down there. Walking back that quarter mile or so along that strip where they've moved, you can walk. And you can see practically every tree species that Mississippi has yeah. right there. Yeah, that I one. Didn't that see one. Any cypress. Uh, yeah, that's any you, you told me between Ridgewood Road and the and the uh, and the the Ag Museum, right? That's that's right. Yeah, I tra- <laughs> yeah, we're 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 uh, we're a hundred yards from there. That's yeah. On the other side of those trees is where me and Mark and Abram are. Right, I understand. So that's public area, but there's quite a border of trees there. Yeah, and it is, it is, it's not maintained. It's just there. It's what used to be there, and of course, you can see a lot of trees that are falling down. But if anybody wanted to make a, a list or look at leaves of trees in Mississippi, you, I bet you could see eighty percent of them just by poking your head in along that edge of that walkway. So if there's any ninth graders who are having to do a leaf collection, there it is. There, there it is. Know. There it is. <laughs> okay, real okay, quick question. I know you're familiar with it. I'm glad you're walking it, too. I enjoyed it, and thank you for your program. No, real, real quick question. You know why it's called Bodoc? Oh, sure, yeah. It was Bow of the Ark. Well, that's not quite the right translation of the French, I yeah. guess. But Indians made bows out of them. That's right. Osage orange from the Osage, the Native American tribe called Osage, Osage. from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And they make bows yeah. out of those real strong things. So anyway, good to hear I from you, Will. 20 of them here at Green Hope, and about uh, 15 are left, and I'm going to transplant them, and I'm going to have bodoc trees on my place. Cool. Appreciate your call, Roger. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Good morning, William. And I believe that says Diaberville. No, Starkville. Starkville. All I can see is Bill. <laughs> so I need you're my bifocals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, William, what's up? Not that it makes much difference, but uh, I just wanted to comment that uh, uh, just despite growing up in the, the modern world, uh, I'm really old, and I see the the <clears throat> the ravages of of global warming, and I think it's going to get immensely worse than anybody can imagine. Every time I go by a golf course or a beautiful lawn or 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 the university grounds, all I see is global warming. <laughs> it's 150 years. It's 150 years since Gregor Mendel uh, discovered the the arithmetic of of uh, genetics. And I wanted to ask, how come in, in that period of time with all sorts of, uh, of sod experts and research going on, nobody's developed a ground cover or grass that, that doesn't grow, that just grows three or four inches long and, and stays that way? Do you have any idea why that hasn't been discovered? Or if it's in, it seems to be monkey grasses. Uh, is something like that, except that six inches long. Oh, yeah, Mondo grass. Actually, there are some. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of of work in the turf management world. The golf course people actually have developed 
grasses that only that, that stay real, real short. They even have grasses that lean one way or the other, and they'll put them around golf courses to make balls roll in different directions. <laughs> I mean, that's that's them. But uh, the hybrid Bermudas typically grow very, very low. What you see on golf courses are hybrid Bermudas. They're designed to be mowed at a fourth of an inch half an inch max and they're out there mowing before we get up my son worked at a golf course and they do all their mowing before people ever get there but anyway there are some that are really tight but keep in mind most of what we call turf grasses bermuda zoysia st augustine centipede are asian prairie plants they're not made for lawns we just found out that you can make them grow flat if you mow them all the time and uh, so, anyway, the hybrid Bermudas and to some extent zoysia are a lot lower growing than St. Augustine and centipede, naturally. And we do have, we have cultivars that are designed to be really, really tight and small. So there, there, are, there is some, but it, it doesn't translate to the home gardening market because they're expensive. And you have to water them and fertilize them because it's so short. They, can't, they don't have enough energy to keep going on their own. So we end up with stuff that's easier to take care of. But if you got to keep mowing them, then you're still going to be dumping out uh, 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 global warming gases. That, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's you know, it's just like shaving your face. So you know, wake up a little more, got a little hairs growing out, and just scrape them off. And two days later, yeah, there they are again. We're, we're, talk, we're talking about something that's desperate that the earth, oh, oh, oh. Okay. the world needs. Okay, we, we, I'm just amazed that nobody's got one that don't grow. Okay, trust me on this. I'm, a, I'm aware of these issues. There, there, there's some serious things. Uh, one of the trends right now, and this is uh, started up north, and they had this thing called No Mow May. They say don't <laughs> mow in May. Let the wildflowers and all, right. let the pollinators get started. Well, that's translated to No Mow March, and we're looking at developing at Mississippi State, Texas A&M, University of Georgia. We're looking at a mix of plants that grow with the lawn that can be mowed half as often as a lawn. That cuts the emissions and all that by half, and it still looks like a lawn. See, so there's flower laws. There's all sorts of cool uh, developments coming to make lawn care less intensive, less uh, environmentally uh, uh, unkind. Yeah, and, you know, there's leaps and bounds in the battery-powered power yeah. tools. Yeah. I've almost yeah. completely battery-powered at home. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a good sentiment, William, and, uh, and there are people working on it from different angles. Appreciate it, man. Wow. Yeah, it is true. You know, whether you're a climate denier or 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 or, or uh, not denier, what would be yeah, the word? Climate I, uh, climate upset. I don't well, know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, we got we got some real problems. But yeah. uh, and they're addressing this in England and California and Arizona and Florida. Uh, it's a it's a big issue, and you know we've been blessed so far by having decent up until recently decent weather, right? And uh, you know a lot of people just simply mow what grows. And one of the biggest easiest solutions to all of this is to simply stop mowing so often and stop mowing so close. Raise your mower, throw the wrench away, and mow it. You know, at a high level, it doesn't need as much. It's not going to be perfect, but it works. I'm going to do my part in the next week or two. I've got a big old bag of red clover, and I'm about to do it in my front yard. <laughs> okay, let me give you a quick suggestion. I would, it, the red clover, you know, it gets knee high. Oh, yeah. White clover, when I was a kid, we didn't have all this stuff. We just, we, it was mow what grows. We had clover and dandelions and stickers and all that stuff, and it worked fine. But anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's get back to, uh, to, uh, to, to, let's talk to Fletch in Jackson about Boyce d'Arc. 
Bodog. Morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, comment, comment on that and a question on an evergreen in a second. Um, so I didn't know that Bodog was used for, for bows, but, but, you know, Pop had to farm in Indianola, and most of our fence posts for the barbed wire with the cattle was Bodog. Man, it's a stuff. Have you tried to cut that stuff? Yeah. It's, no, but, it, but it's like but iron. I it's I like the next petrified wood. Yeah. <laughs> I, I salvaged probably a 60-year-old fence post that's, that's as tough as nails. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's native to Oklahoma, and, uh, you know, it, it came this way. But, uh, you know, if you look at an old tree, all the old limbs are curved. You know, the branches are curved. They look like you could cut a section out and make a, a bow for bow and arrow, and it's strong. So that's where that you know that's what the Native Americans used to make their bows with was boister art. By the way, it's also called uh, horse apple. Horse apple, yeah, it's got a lot of names, yeah. and it tends to, from my observation, it's re- pH is everything. And when you find one, you're going to find several, and you go ten miles, and there won't be any. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So oh, flesh, you've been three. what? Go what? Ahead. What? No, you uh, what? You have another question. Uh, well, yeah, we got some fir trees in the yard that, that um, were single individual branches uh, or limbs were dying at a time. So I thought it was maybe disease or something, but now I think it's the drought. But it's not It's not like it's the whole tree. It's just individual one-off branches. Yeah. You know, we see this a lot. Uh, and, you know, Mark, you've been working in garden centers a long, long time. And, oh, you know, yeah. people come in, what's the matter? And uh, it, it could be disease or leaf stem, I mean, twig and root diseases, just like with azalea. Sometimes you'll see just a whole branch of an azalea die for no apparent reason. Well, that's probably connected to a root that has some kind of problems. But uh, the drought, the heat and the drought have pushed a lot of plants over the edge, and they're not popping out all at once, but a branch or two at a time. The heat and the drought pushed a few people over the edge, yeah. actually. <laughs> See, so anyway, not much you can do. Flat, flat, well, you, you got three. You got a choice between three options. One is ignore it. Second is to spray paint it. And third is cut it back a little ways and slip a wine bottle over the stub. <laughs> will but, do. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck on that, Will. Good to hear. Yeah, I mean, Will uh, Fletch. Fletch. The, you know the worst part about you know a fir or a juniper or any of those evergreens, conifers, whatever. The, you know, some plants you can cut back and it'll grow back. Yeah. They do not. And people can't cut them back. Say, can I just cut it back? And yeah. mm, no, sorry. So Fletch, that take care of it, man. You've been you've been stealing you fence posters from the Delta. <laughs> uh, uh, simply uh, reclaiming. There you go. Pretty Liberating. <laughs> good to hear from you, man. Thank you. Sir. See y'all. Thank you. Take care. Me and Mark Patrick and Abram and all the other folks here at MPB. Glad to have you join us every week, Friday, rebroadcast on Saturday. Following is going to be uh, Next Door, Mississippi. Next, next Stop, Mississippi. Next Stop, next Mississippi. Stop. And Java and them are going to be broadcasting from the, I forgot it already. Cruising the coast. Cruising the coast. He's down there with my new favorite girl, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. If you like some information about gardening, sharing with other gardeners, check out the Mississippi Gardening Facebook page. It's safe. We don't let... Too many weird. Well, we let plant weirdos on there. Yeah. Who are you talking about? Me and stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> and <laughs> now answers to question nobody asked with Felder rushing. Okay, the question is, what makes you cry when you cut an onion? Yeah, I, why are you looking at me? I have no idea. <laughs> well, 
I asked my ophthalmologist, the guy who's going to fix my eyes, I said, what? When I eat um, spicy food, like I love Indian food and curries and stuff, and it makes my eyes, fo- it makes my glasses fog up. I don't, you know, not just ear, but it fogs. And I said, what? And he said, there's a gland called the lacrimal gland. And I Google, it's a tear gland, tear duct. That's what it is. Come on, doc. Say it's a tear gland. Anyway, here's the deal. Oxygens have a sulfuric compound, and when when it comes in contact with air, like when you cut it, it volatilizes. It reacts with water in your eyes and forms sulfuric acid. Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) And, and And your body says, nope, I don't think so, and it tries to flush it out with tears. You know, you can cut them under water, you know, put them in the refrigerator right, for, right. you know, to cool them off, not as much. But uh, here's the thing. The, in peppers, in hot food, it's the oily capsianin, capsiacin. I can't remember, but it starts with the CAP. Anyway, <laughs> it's a, a membrane of the peppers where the seed hooked. That has this stuff called capsiacin. Okay, and when you and when you get it in your mouth or on your fingers or in your eyes or anywhere, it this stuff reacts with it. It hooks to the same nerve endings that stimulate being burned. So it sticks to your burn sensors, and it makes your body think it's being burned. You cannot – I mean, you can get a rash. You get coffee. You coughing. You sneeze. It's because your body thinks it's being burned from the reaction of this oil. Onions don't bother me at all. Well, just, well, it depends on what kind of onion. It yeah, is. yeah. But but when it comes to the hot pepper stuff, here's the deal: people say it'll burn you. No, it doesn't. It actually does not burn. It'll make you red. It'll make your eye. You know, it does all sorts of stuff. But it's not a physical burn. It's your brain is telling you that you're being burned and it's really not happening but you can't tell your eyes that or your mouth or or your fingers (laughs) or anything like that but it's a it perfectly mimics a burn but it's a chemical reaction makes your body try to get rid of it so when you eat hot peppers and your eyes start fogging up and stuff like that that ain't nothing but a reaction to a capsianum or capsicanum. I'll just trust you on that. Yeah, but I, I'm sure that's how you say it. But cutting an onion and it turns into sulfuric acid in your eye. <laughs> okay, you're, so you're going to make somebody paranoid now, and you know that, right? No, no, that's a good thing. It's a good, good, good thing. Either way, let's go to Mobile, Alabama. Kent's been hanging for a good long time. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. Howdy. Thanks for holding. Yeah, good morning. Uh I, I moved into a new house last spring. I had some open spaces I needed to fill up with plants. And uh, I bought this thing called a porter weed. Porter, porter weed, weed, yeah. 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 And Take it, Mark. I love that plant. It's, it's grown. The lady that we bought it from said, oh, it would be about two feet tall. <laughs> no, <laughs> this sucker well over four feet tall, spread out like six or eight feet across, taking up the whole space. And I, I want to know if I can cut it back or how harsh I, harshly I can cut it back and how can I transplant it. That's easy. It more... um, yeah, you cut if it bothers you, cut it back. The blooms are real long. And long they, it looks like rat tails. They do look like rat and tails. tiny yeah. little flowers. And when they start getting kind of spent and there's not a lot of flowers on them, Cut those off or go down to the next leaf joint, cut it off there, and eventually you're going to get a new flower. Yeah, you can cut it back as far as you want. Lucky for you, you live far enough south that, you know, it's probably there year-round. I didn't think about it. I said, yeah. to me, it's an annual. What, I have it, to replant it's it every a year. tender perennial, ah, blah, gotcha. blah, 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 bl
Um, its origin is an island somewhere, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so you you cut it back, and uh, this winter you can move it wherever you want. But mine mine gets about waist high. I got two of them. Yeah, I, I like uh, it because it well, gets as big thing, as a refrigerator if you yeah. let it. Yeah, this thing has really grown huge, and <laughs> I need to give it more space. So I I can cut it back. It sounds like what you're saying is fairly yeah, severely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No problem. And one of the best butterfly plants out there, the big old butterfly, just hang off those tiny little flowers. But anyway, we got a scoot, Kent. No problem cutting it back. And if you want to move it, let's wait till winter. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks okay. For I, think we, I think we got time to, to go to Shaco, Mississippi and talk to Ron real quick. Ron, what's up, man? Appreciate you holding. Uh, yeah, thank you, Val. Um, yeah, last year I planted some strawberries and. They made some babies, and I'm wondering what I'm supposed to do with the babies. Uh, it's, it's like a proliferation, like Feller yeah. was talking about earlier. Pick them off, set them on the ground. They should take root, and you'll have another plant. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. it's easy as that. Yeah, replant them, move them around. Like and, an airplane plant. And a real quick tip: if you'll if you'll get if you'll cut up some of dig up some of the old plants, the strawberry plant wears out. So every now and then, pull up the old plants. And put a new one in the hole. Great. I oh. like you. All righty. Appreciate Easy it. Easy enough. Wow. Easy peasy. Mark, I had so much fun at Garden Works last week. Yeah. You know, back yeah. in my pickup truck, you landscaped around it. We just, just, people came up, pulled their chairs up, and we just yacked. It was fun. Yeah. You know what my favorite part of the whole thing was? Mm. How the people react in a live situation when you call me an old lady. <laughs> They're like, I can't believe you called him an old lady. <laughs> okay, first of all, total, you know, this is a PC thing. In the South, old lady is not an age or a gender. It's a style. It's a style. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to scoop, folks. A job and them are coming up next with uh, what, cruise? cruising the coast. All righty, me and Mark Patrick, who is a manager, one of the managers, one yeah. of the one of the family at Garden right. Works in in uh, Ridgeland, Rat- Ridgeland, ba- between Madison <laughs> and Ridgeland. Right, right. And uh, if you look forward to seeing some of y'all in Meridian at the Max at nine o'clock uh, Saturday morning, it's going to be a rock and roll. And uh, slideshow, bring your kids. And Sunday, my garden will be open. The only time this year, if you're interested in that, go to FondrenGardenTour.com. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Anyway, right, y'all, right. if you get a chance, go to a farmer's market this week. A lot of cool stuff going on farmer's markets, state fair. And if you get a chance, take a kid with you and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. Mark? You got a weekend ahead of you, man. Yeah, it's going to be busy. I, I got to figure out what I'm going to wear Sunday. <laughs> Keep it clean. Oh, I will. <laughs> this is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.